We spend 26 years of our lives sleeping. We spend 11 years watching television or Netflix. We spend eight years shopping for groceries and clothes and everything else. We currently spend six years on social media or online. And we all know the truth is we spend a lot more time than that moving forward. So it's crazy when you think about it that way. Time is so valuable. Hey everyone, welcome back to On Purpose. My name's Jay Shetty and I'm genuinely so grateful and happy that you are here every single week choosing to listen, learn and grow. And this is really important because today's message, today's theme is all about the shocking ways we spend our time and eight ways to invest it better. And these are two words that we all know very well, spending and investing. All of us spend money, we don't necessarily invest it. And a lot of us, we spend time, but we don't necessarily invest it. The one thing that we know about spending, when you spend something, you don't get it back. It doesn't create anything. When you invest it, it creates future value. Now, this was crazy to me. Listen really carefully. The average person lives for 75 years. And in that 75-year lifespan, this is how we spend our time. We spend 26 years of our lives sleeping. We spend 11 years watching television or Netflix. We spend eight years shopping for groceries and clothes and everything else. We currently spend six years on social media or online, and we all know the truth is we spend a lot more time than that moving forward. We spend seven years lying awake in bed at night, tossing and turning, rolling around, trying to get to sleep. That's a huge amount of time. And if you're struggling with that, please go back and listen to my interview with Ariana Huffington, because we spoke a lot about the power of good sleep. And the final stat I wanted to share with you is we spend 93% of our life indoors. So it's crazy when you think about it that way. When you realize that and you do the calculations, it leaves around eight or nine years that you actually get to spend on yourself with yourself or rather than spend, invest. Time is so valuable, especially when you consider how much we actually have after we remove all of these activities that I've just stated. And in this podcast, I'm going to share with you some of my favorite time management skills, tips, tricks, and hacks, and ways to invest it wisely so that it actually creates the life you want. In this episode, I'm going to share with you nine of my favorite ways you can invest time more wisely and actually manage your time more effectively. So here we go. Number one is a principle that I call energy versus time management. Now, we all know what this feels like. We spend or say that we're going to meet someone for an hour. We end up spending three hours, and then at the end of it, we're wondering, why did I just waste all that time? Or you have a meeting at work. And you set the time for 45 minutes. You realize that that meeting only really needed to be 15 minutes. We spend so much of our time actually draining our energy. 
I realized in my life that my issue wasn't actually time, it was energy. When someone says they want to spend time with you, what they really mean is they want your energy. No one wants to spend time or an hour with you when you're on your phone or distracted or tired. And this really helped me set meetings based on energy, not time. I started to ask myself, how much energy can I truly give this person? How much presence, how much attention do I currently have to give? So if I know that I can truly be energetic, present, or attentive for only 15 minutes, then I'm going to set that meeting for 15 minutes. You're now managing your energy, not just your time. You may think that you need a meeting for two hours, but guess what? If you're tired, if you're distracted, if you're not present, if you're not attentive for those two hours or whatever it may be, that's not going to be productive, effective, or great for your focus or creativity. So I started asking myself when I was setting meetings, I want my energy to be at a high level, i.e. I want my energy to be at a 60 or 70% plus. How much time can I genuinely take out to do this? So this also protected me because if I was really tired, I'd rather see someone for 30 minutes and give them good energy than see them for longer and give them bad energy. This has also helped me focus on rescheduling. When I know that I'm not going to be able to be present, I'd rather reschedule and say, hey, I'll catch up with you next week or in a couple of weeks when I'm going to be fully there. That way I can take that time to rest, to refuel, to sleep earlier, whatever it may be that's truly going to help me. So remember this, when you're managing your time, base it on energy. Ask yourself how much energy you have to give and you'll naturally select the right amount of time. Now, principle number two is all about meetings. Now, you can't see me. And when I'm saying the word meetings, I'm talking about me, M-E. We spend two years of our life in meetings, usually at work. And it's crazy. We talk about spending time with people. We talk about meeting with other people. But we never spend time with ourselves. We never set meetings with ourselves. One of the things I've always done with my coaching programs and my clients is saying to them, I want to see me time in your calendar. I want to see a meeting in your calendar because I want you to spend time with yourself every single day. This is the best investment you can make. And I've always said to people, if you don't have 10 minutes to meditate every day, you should meditate for 20 minutes, right? If we're so busy that we can't take 10 minutes out of our day to spend with ourselves, to listen to ourselves, to focus on ourselves, to find silence and stillness for ourselves, then we really have to take a look at which meetings are truly important. We need time to check in with ourselves. We have time to check in with everyone else but ourselves. We book meetings with everyone else but ourselves. These meetings are so important because it gives you an opportunity to ask yourself how you feel. You get an opportunity in that silence to listen to your body and your mind. Your body and mind are consistently sending you emotional signals that are trying to teach you something, that are trying to tell you something. But as much as you cover that with the noise of other meetings, other opinions, other things to get done, other focuses, we stop listening to our mind and body. When we stop listening to our mind and body, our mind and body's reaction gets stronger. This is why we end up with migraines. It's why we end up with stomach aches. It's why we end up with more pain to deal with.
if we don't make time for our wellness, we'll have to make time for illness. And it's so important that we remember this. If we don't make time for our wellness, we have to make time for our illness. Our body and mind will only give us signals when we're truly silent and still. When we're silent and still, we can have that meeting with ourselves. We can check in with ourselves. So the second tip for investing your time more wisely is make sure you set a personal meeting. And that is a time when you can talk to yourself, listen to yourself, understand yourself and ask yourself questions. This is such a huge priority in my life. And I truly believe it can be transformative if you start practicing it today. The third principle that I wanted to share with you is called ignore time bullies. You know who these people are. They're the people that bully you to do something with your time that you didn't want to do. This could be someone who literally reaches out last minute and invites you out every single night or a Friday night or a Saturday night. You've decided to have a night in, you've decided to refocus, whatever it may be, and they're the one who's bullying you to come out with your time. Maybe it's someone at work, someone who's always pressurizing you to do something else that isn't what you're meant to be doing, right? We need to remove time bullies from our life. Lots of people will bully our time at work and at home. And it's so important that we learn to say no. And the only way we get a confidence to say no is when we know what we're saying yes to. You will only become comfortable and confident to say no when you know what you're saying yes to. For example, if you leave your calendar empty, when someone asks you if you want to do something and you look at your calendar and it's empty, guess what your mind says? Go on, go for it. You've got nothing better to do. But if you looked at your calendar and you had something scheduled at that time for you that you wanted to focus on, Naturally, now you have a much better conversation and internal dialogue where you say, okay, well, I've made this plan. I can let them know that I already have plans. If you don't make your own plans, you'll be bullied to be part of someone else's plan. We have to remove time bullies from our lives because otherwise we get bullied into spending our time instead of investing our time. And we all know who those people are in our lives. We know who it's hard to say no to and who we always say yes to. So it's so important to start using our calendars effectively. If you have your calendar truly mapped out with what you want to focus on, what you want to grow, what you want to achieve, what you want to learn, what you want to do, then no one can bully your time. The fourth one is one of my favorite ones, and this is what I call gap reading and listening. This is a crazy statistic. Women spend over 136 days in their lifetime getting ready, and men spend 46 days in their lifetime getting ready. Now, one of the most amazing things about this is this is what I call a gap time. It's a time when you're doing an activity that probably doesn't take much effort right? You know how to get ready. You know what you do every single morning. We all brush our teeth. We all have a shower. We put our clothes on. We have a breakfast. These are incredible times if we want to, to add a layer of something that makes us happier, healthier, and better. 
For example, while you're getting ready for those 136 days for women and 46 days for men, why not listen to a podcast? Why not listen to music that makes you feel happy, active, and alive? Why not think of three things you're grateful for at the same time? We also spend about 27 days of our life waiting for transport. If you're in that situation, why not use that time to pick up a book or listen to a podcast? Being able to create gap habits is such a powerful way because sometimes we can't make time for the things we really want to do. I totally get it. You're a busy person with a hectic schedule. So one of my favorite things is gap habits. So I know that I can listen to a podcast. I know that I can read a book while I'm traveling. I know that I can even think of things I'm grateful for while I'm on the go, sitting in the back of an Uber or a Lyft, because that's a gap habit. Start building gap habits that play to when you have a habit that you already do that is unconscious, right? You don't need to think while you're getting ready. You don't need to use your mind at that time. So you can use it and invest that time into something really effective for you. It might even be something like learning a language, something that you've really wanted to do and you can't find time to do it. Gap habits are such a powerful way of building that focus. Number five is one of my favorite ones that has really helped me in my life because even in my life, I've spent and wasted a ton of time. Number five is remove physical triggers of distraction. I'll give you an example. I love playing FIFA, right? FIFA is one of my favorite games. I'm a huge football soccer fan and I could play FIFA for hours. I used to have a PlayStation and I literally could be glued to that thing all day and all night. I choose not to have a PlayStation in my home. There are so many times when I'm like, oh, I wish I still had it. I, I wish I could play FIFA, right? But because I don't have the physical trigger in my living room, I know that I can't do it. It's just not physically possible. Another one of my favorite ones, which sounds so simple, but it's huge. So many people have TVs in their bedrooms. And you may think, well, that's totally normal. Well, believe it or not, for many years, that wasn't the case. And so I'm so clear about not having a TV in my bedroom because then, again, that physical trigger makes you want to watch television. I guarantee you, if you remove television from your bedroom, you won't think about it. And then you may think about watching in the living room, but then you'll be like, I'm actually tired and I want to go to bed. The mistake we make is we take TV into the bedroom, which ruins our sleep. It ruins our time to actually refuel and renew. And guess what? It keeps us up later than we need to be, so it reduces our energy too. So removing physical triggers can be one of the smartest ways to get yourself to use time more wisely. We use time badly when we have physical triggers that distract us away from what we truly, truly, truly want to focus on. So for me, removing my PlayStation or removing my television from specific areas in your house, areas in your apartment, can actually help you use time so much more wisely. Now, number six is something I used to use when I used to revise. It's also what I'm using right now when I'm currently writing my book or I'm working on scripts or something creative. This plan of action has really, really helped me. And it might sound counterintuitive, but it really works. This is number six, and it's called Plan Your Distraction. You're thinking to me, Jay, wait a minute, you just told me to remove physical triggers of distraction. How do I plan my distraction? Let me explain what I mean. The human mind can focus and give its attention for 20 to 30 minute bursts at a time. So what I usually do if I'm writing or thinking or scripting, I'll work for about 20 to 30 minutes, 
and then I'll take a timed three to five minute break. I even have a time hourglass on my table, which every time I turn it counts for a minute. And I will turn that and give myself three to five minutes to listen to some music or maybe go on my phone or check social media. And then straight away, once that time is up or once that alarm or timer is up, I'll get back to work. And I'll do that for four sets. So the human mind can focus for four sets for 20 to 30 minutes, taking a three to five minute break in between. And then after those four sets, which is roughly about two hours, after those two hours, I give myself a 15 to 30 minute break. This allows me to be optimal. It allows my mind to recognize that I am going to give it space to be lazy or I'm going to give my mind space to relax. I'm going to give my mind space to do whatever it needs to do. But I can be super focused for those 20 to 30 minutes at a time because I know and my mind knows that it will get a break. The challenge is what we usually do is say, I'm going to work for seven hours in a row. And all your mind's complaining about the whole time is, when am I going to get my break? When am I going to get a moment to relax? And then you give up after 20 to 30 minutes and then relax for like two hours or get distracted for two hours. So when you plan your distraction, when you actually build it in to your schedule, you're able to be super productive for the 20 to 30 minutes at a time in loops of four. And for three to five minutes, every 20 to 30 minutes, you get to take a break you get to be distracted or whatever it is that you need to do. Of course, what I'm trying to create for you is options to help you manage your time. It would be easy for me to say, just stay focused. Don't get distracted. This is a practical tool that will really help you become more productive, focused, effective, and use your time wisely. Now, principle number seven is something that's really, really important to me. And it's something that I really found worked a lot in my life. And this is what I call know when to do what. What I mean by that is we all have different energies throughout the days where we're better at different things. I'll give you an example. I love doing all of my creative tasks in the morning. I love exercising in the morning. I like meditating in the morning. So for me, my priority in the morning is doing my meditation, getting to the gym, and then spending my morning hours with creative tasks. So from 9 a.m. till lunch at about 1 p.m., that's when I try and do most of my creative writing, my script writing, working on my book, any creative concepts, new ideas. And after lunch, that time of day, I know that I'm better at taking on functional tasks, admin tasks, things that just need to be done. And in the evening, I really enjoy connecting with people. I like to switch off my functional brain and my creative brain and switch on my relational brain, which allows me to communicate effectively, build rapport, and really connect with human beings. Now, it's so important that you figure out what times of your day you're most productive with different tasks. And for all of us, it's really these three things, being creative, being functional, and operating with people. And it's so important that you really think about in your life when you're most effective with each of these and try and organize your life in such a way, whether you're at work or whether you're an entrepreneur, that those hours of the day are used for that. And that's why I call it know when to do what. And actually, I was really happy when I saw this in a brilliant book called When by Daniel Pink. And he actually helps you figure out when you're most analytical, when you're most insightful, when you're best making an impression, and when you're best to make a decision. 
So this is a exercise in his book that I love to guide you through. And I would really listen carefully to the questions I'm going to share with you. So think about this really, really carefully. And this is about your general routine. Answer these three questions. The first question is, what time do you usually go to sleep? What time do you usually go to sleep? Write down the time. Write down an exact time, which is roughly the average time you go to sleep. The second question is, what time do you usually wake up? Again, write down the average of the time you usually wake up. Now, the third question is this. What is the middle of those two times? That means, what is your midpoint of sleep? For instance, if you typically fall asleep around 11.30 p.m., and wake up at 7.30 a.m., your midpoint is 3.30 a.m. So for someone like me who goes to sleep at 10 p.m. and wakes up at 6 a.m., my midpoint is 2 a.m., i.e. it's four hours from the time I go to sleep, and it's four hours from the time I wake up. What is your midpoint? I want you to find that for me right now by looking at what time you usually go to sleep and what time you wake up. So Daniel Pink in his book, When, goes on to explain, if your midpoint is between 12 a.m. and 3 a.m., you're what's called a lark. If your midpoint of your sleep is 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., then you're called a third bird. And if your midpoint of your sleep is 6 a.m. to 12 noon, then you're known as an owl. So again, if the midpoint of your sleep came to between 12 a.m. and 3 a.m., you're a lark. If your midpoint came from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., you're a third bird. And if you're 6 a.m. onwards, then you're known as an owl. Now, let me explain what Daniel Pink goes on to talk about is the best time for you to do different things. So for a lark, again, that means your midpoint was 12 a.m. to 3 a.m. If you're a lark, you're best at doing analytical tasks in the early morning, right? You're best at doing the insightful tasks late afternoon or early evening. You're best at making an impression in the morning and you're best at making a decision in the early morning. So really the strength and power time for you if you're a lark is the early morning for analytical tasks, making an impression in the morning and making a decision in the early morning insightful task late afternoon to early evening. Now, if you're a third bird, which means that your midpoint of sleep is 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., then your analytical task's power time is early to mid-morning. Your insightful tasks are best performed late afternoon and early evening. You make an impression best in the morning and you make a decision best early to mid-morning. And if you're an owl, which means your midpoint is 6 a.m. or onwards, you are best at analytical tasks in the late afternoon and evening. Your insightful tasks are in the morning. You make an impression in the morning, sorry owls, and you make a decision late afternoon and evening. Notice how powerful this is for you because not all of us are morning people. Not all of us are most powerful at specific things at the same time. And it's so important that we recognize the difference in ourselves so that we can learn to play to our power times. So the power of principle number seven is know when to do what. Principle eight is something I've used so effectively in my life and I call it block time. What I mean by block time is our mind and our brain needs to focus 
And while we're trying to go deep into a certain area, it's hard to pull it out of that and go deep into another area. It's like, imagine you were swimming deep in the ocean and you had to be pulled out really quickly and put into another ocean and go really, really deep into that. It would be really difficult. Or if you imagine being on one side of New York City and having to drive across to the other side of New York City at rush hour, it takes a long time. So similarly, what I try and do is I spend about nine days of my month being really creative, deeply creative, focusing on making videos, on recording podcasts. And then I spend the rest of the time around 21 days doing my meetings, connecting with people and whatever it may be. So for example, last week I was in New York and we recorded six podcasts. Some amazing guests are coming on the way. I can't wait for you to hear them. We recorded it with some people that I know you recognize straight away, some people that I can't wait to introduce you to. And we recorded six incredible podcasts. Now I tried to do it in one week because then I really focus on interviewing in a deep way. My skills of an interviewer get better and better and better when I'm doing something, the same thing for the whole week. But if I try and rush from an interview to then going to a business meeting, to then trying to rush to a creative meeting, I don't get to really do any of them properly. Block time is huge. Look at your week and try and say which day is going to be creative, which day is going to be functional, or which set of hours. Don't try rush from meetings that are very different in focus and different in priority because what you're doing is you're tiring your mind and brain's ability to switch between tasks. It's a really simple piece of advice, but I highly recommend block time, block creativity, block admin, block function, block transaction, and block relational. It will change your life. And the ninth and final tip to invest your time more wisely is slightly different from all the others. And it's something that we all know we want to do more of, but we don't always make time for. It's laugh more. How much do you think you truly laugh every day? Statistics show we laugh for just six minutes a day, which means we only laugh for 115 days in our entire lifetime. How crazy is that? That all of us laugh for just six minutes a day, which means over a, only 115 days in our lifetime. And in the 1950s, people laughed for 18 minutes a day, which means that your parents are funnier than you, right? In the 1950s, we used to laugh three times as much as we do now. And laughing is so powerful, especially with others, because it releases endorphins in the brain. It creates this feeling of togetherness and safety. And laughter has had similar effects to antidepressants, and it also has this anti-inflammatory effect, which protects blood vessels and heart muscles. Laughter is truly such an incredible thing. Now, whether it's funny videos on Instagram or YouTube, whether it's a friend who always makes you laugh, it's so important. Remember, we don't stop playing because we get old. We get old because we stop playing. See, we don't want to be childish. We want to be childlike. Childlike means to be playful. Childish means to be overly sentimental. We want to be childlike in our energy, to laugh more, to love more, to let go more. It's so important that we learn to laugh more in our day. Choose laughter in your day. Create things, whether it's a wallpaper, whether it's a message, whether it's a reminder in your home, anything that makes you laugh more will truly change your life. So here are the nine ways to invest your time more wisely. Number one, Plan according to energy. Energy wins over time management. 
Second, set meetings, meetings with yourself. Number three, ignore time bullies, remove them from your life. Number four, gap habits, gap reading and gap listening. Number five, remove physical triggers of distraction. Number six, plan your distraction. Number seven, know when to do what, that amazing example from Dan Pink. Number eight, block creation and block time. And number nine, laugh more. I really hope that you've enjoyed today's podcast and these nine tips. Let me know on Instagram, Twitter, any practical social media tool. Let me know which one you're going to be practicing for the next seven days. Choose one of these. Practice it for seven days and tell me what it feels like. That's all you have to do. You don't have to practice all nine all at once. Just choose one of these and let me know how that journey is going for you. Remember, I'd love for you to join me on the Live Your Passion Challenge. All you have to do is head over to jshetty.me forward slash messenger. I can't wait for you to be a part of it. Thank you so much. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you've rated. Make sure you've reviewed. And I'm so grateful. Thank you so much. This is On Purpose. I'm Jay Shetty sending you so much love and gratitude. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening through to the end of that episode. I hope you're going to share this all across social media. Let people know that you're subscribed to On Purpose. Let me know. Post it. Tell me what a difference it's making in your life. I would love to see your thoughts. I can't wait for this incredibly conscious community we're creating of purposeful people. You're now a part of the tribe, a part of the squad. Thank you for being here. I can't wait to share the next episode with you. Thank you.